It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday. On today's edition of the podcast, I have my friend and yours, Stephen Alfenbaker, joining me to talk about, we're going to start a series where we talk about the different positions on the field for the Reds and the players that will fill those positions this season. We're going to evaluate their 2019 and look ahead to this season when and if that actually does come to pass. That That's for a totally different episode. But we will look at their performances and evaluate what we could see from them in 2020. But before we get to all of that, I have an exciting announcement for you. Locked On Reds will be featured on the lineup of Potapalooza, a virtual festival to raise money for COVID relief. This, uh, think of it as live aid, but for podcasts. You buy a ticket that gives you access to a special Potapalooza podcast where over 100 incredible podcasters will be showcasing their work. You'll get a festival schedule and new episodes will drop over the course of the weekend. Listen as they come out or save the content for later. The money all goes to Give Directly, a nonprofit providing economic relief to the families that have been hit hardest by the pandemic. We've been thinking about how we can make a positive impact in light of the current crisis and are thrilled to have the chance to do something we love while contributing to this important cause. The festival goes live this weekend. That's this weekend, April 25th. We'll be featuring Locked On Reds, and there's only one way to tune in. You got to get a ticket. Go to potapalooza.org or plza.org for short. That's plza.org. Tickets are pay what you can, so contribute to the effort 
hear from us, and maybe even discover some new favorite podcasts along the way. But I just wanted to throw that out there, let you know that that's happening. That's this weekend, April 25th, as I joined the a host from Locked On NFL, Locked On NBA, Locked On NHL, Locked On College, and David Locke himself for this podcast. It was a lot of fun, and I think you will enjoy it very much. That's plza.org. Now, let's jump into the interview with Stephen Offenbaker. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have with me my friend and yours, the island dweller himself, Mr. Stephen Offenbaker. Steve, how you doing, man? Aloha, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing good. I am doing pretty solid. I've got a uh, beer uh, from close to where you are right now, a wonderful Kona. And, you know, they don't pay me to advertise or anything like that. I just really like their beer. But I have one of them by my side and uh, ready to talk some Reds baseball with you. Ah, uh, Kona Brew. I love Kona Brew. I go there quite often when we're allowed to go places. <laughs> yes. I. Oh, man. I... It's sad when you get, I mean, I know it's a little bit dicey these days to go to the grocery store, but even just to be out, it's just a nice thing right now, right? Right. Just to see some people. And even now, if you can only see their eyes, it's to know there's other people out there still, right? Exactly. There's something, it's weird because I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a mix of an introvert and an extrovert. And sometimes I want to be around other people. And whenever I see other people out, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Some people are out too. There are still people here. This isn't just some weird dream that I haven't woken up from yet. Hopefully, we'll get to wake up soon and watch some baseball. I agree. Hopefully, that happens really soon. And, and you know, while we're talking about that, watching some baseball, have you gotten on board with this uh, Taiwanese uh, live stream, uh, like what is it? The monkeys, uh, Trent and uh, Joel Luckup have been tweeting out the uh, links for live Taiwanese baseball that they're playing with no fans in the stand. So it's just the players and the umps on the field, and then they've got these cheerleaders that stand on top of the dugout and cheer to cardboard cutouts of fans that they put in the stands it's it's amazing and they have and they have an english broadcast feed so it's you know it's 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 cool it's uh oh you know being out here being out here in hawaii it comes on in the middle of the night when i'm working overnight shift and uh you know so i'll throw the i'll throw the baseball game on one monitor and and do my other stuff uh while i've kind of got it running in the background and it's been a great um you know, some kind of live sports to watch. I mean, it really has. If you haven't checked it out, go look at um, C. Trent's uh, Twitter feed or Joel Luckup's Twitter feed, and they've got uh, the relevant links on there on how you can find these uh, these Taiwanese live-streamed baseball games. You know, i got to admit, I haven't checked them out just yet. The only thing I know about them is Luis Alberto Bonilla pitches for one of the teams. So that's, that's kind of a nice he thing. He does. He pitched the day before yesterday, I think, and, uh, and and did a fairly good job. So, I mean, you know, there is there is baseball to be had right now if you're willing to put a little work in to get it, I guess. Uh, Luis Alberto, a shout-out to a much, uh, well, not simpler time, a time when we had baseball. But uh, I tell you what, we'll not jump into all of that melancholy right now. Let's talk about some fun stuff. I saw uh, 
on MLB.com, there was just kind of a for fun article looking at players in the National League Central who could later become managers. And there's two that I want to get your opinion on, and then I want to see who you think could be from the Reds. Now, first off, of course, they tabbed Michael Lorenzen as a future manager from the Reds. And I think that's interesting. I mean, he's obviously got a great motivational personality, and I reckon that he is pretty up on his strategy. He'll at least, I'd at least like to see him as a uh, decent pitching coach. It'd be kind of interesting to see him do a mound visit for somebody who's struggling. And you kind of see him walk up to the mound and he, he gets this posture as you're like, come on, man, you can do it. We can get through this. I know that we can get through this. I I just see that happening. But what what do you think about Michael Lorenzen as a manager? I think it's an interesting pick as far as Lorenzen goes, you know, obviously he studies the game and he studies the hitters and, and he knows what he's talking about. Um, you know, I did not read this article that you're referencing, so I'm not sure what criteria they used to arrive at him, uh, as their selection. But I mean, I could see it. Um, you know, I could definitely see him being a pitching coach, uh, trying to teach the craft to others when he's done pitching. Uh, you know, it, I could see that happening. I could, I could see him doing it. The other guy that I want to mention before I ask you uh, your pick from the Reds is they tabbed Yadier Molina as Ugh. a possible manager. Ugh. We may not get rid of him after he's done being a player. <sighs> that guy, you know. <laughs> I, you just imagine that, that. I mean, that's the way it would go. That's like, I mean... And much like he's one of the more overrated catchers to ever play the game, he would probably be one of the more overrated managers to play the game. I, I have no I have no desire to see Molina continue in baseball when he's done making his throat slash gestures on the field. I would like him to just ride off into the sunset not to be heard from again. Well, let's be honest. We are both Cincinnati sports fans when it comes to professional baseball and professional football and I can see the worst case scenario happening all the time when it comes to Cincinnati sports and in this case that would be Yadier Molina would be the St. Louis Cardinals manager and for some odd reason who knows if this is even a real thing but I could just see it happening Big Ben being the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and then we just be mad continually Oh, I would just have to continue to not watch sports, I think. That would drive me away. <laughs> oh, man. But when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, do I really think Michael Lorenzen could be the manager? Sure, I could see that. You know who I think would be a great manager, and I don't think you have to squint too hard to see it, is old Tucker. I think Tucker would be a very fine manager, and I think it's mostly just because catchers make the best managers. But he himself is a smart dude. And I feel like he's got a great handle on this pitching staff, which means that he can handle egos. He can handle players. So I think that that just translates well and quite well, actually, to a good manager down the road. Now, whether or not he wants to pursue that, that's a totally different matter. But, you know, I, I think that as it stands right now, when I look at this roster, he's the guy that I would tab as a future manager in the major leagues. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and, and like you said, the catchers make uh... – make great managers just because they spend so much time in the strategy and knowing the pitchers and knowing how to hit and you know, the list goes on. 
uh, I, I can see where you would arrive at the catcher position being uh, one that would translate easily to being a manager. Yeah, I kind of took the easy one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for me, if I if I look up and down this roster and, and want to find a guy that I could see making the transition to manager uh, when they're done playing, uh, I think I'm taking Derek Dietrich as okay. the guy that uh, could do that because you're talking about, you know, nowadays the superstars – you know, they make tons of money and they go on and get TV deals and uh, they do different things besides managing where back in the day uh, when a ball player was done, you know, that was kind of the only option available to them. Continue on and try and catch on as a manager or coach. But now the money is such that that's not the case. But you see players that were moderate successes that didn't make superstar contracts uh, stick around and either get into the front office or a coach. And I think Dietrich fits in that mold where he's had some moderate success. Uh, he's done a few things. Uh, he knows how to play the game. He uh, has delivered at the major league level on occasion. And I could see all of that skill set transitioning into the dugout where uh, the young guys coming up would listen to him. And he would understand how to manage the veterans because he was one. But Steve, he flips bats. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with it either. Uh, you know, if there's ever a B problem in the stadium, he's got that too. You know, it's exactly. just. Uh, hey, that's true. Multi you know, it's savings, savings for the team, Jeff. Savings for the team. Steve and I are about to jump into some talk about Jesse Winker and Philip Irvin, but before we do that, I want to remind you, we still have this deal going on with Postmates. We're all in the middle of a stay-at-home order for the most part. I think there's a couple states that don't have one, but the best way to get your fix of your favorite local restaurants is by Postmates. Get it delivered to you from Postmates. And now we've got this special deal. Just download the Postmates app and enter promo code locked on. You'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100. And that is on a lot of your favorite places. Postmates has a great list of restaurants around you. Like for me, for instance, Jersey Mike's is on the list. We've got Skyline. There's Taco Bell. All kinds of great places. Heck, if you're even craving some McDonald's or maybe even rallies, I don't even know what you, what you love, Postmates has got it. Next time you're craving something, Postmate it. Use promo code LOCKED ON on the Postmates app to get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100. That's the Postmates app and enter promo code LOCKED ON. Well, I, I thought that was kind of a fun way to start this off. One of the, uh, the main thing that I really want to focus on today is that, to be honest, I had this idea a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, I, geez, what is time? I guess this was like a month ago, looking at players, evaluating them from last season and what we can expect from them this season, whatever that might be. Let's, for a moment at least, pretend that there's some kind of plan. I don't want to get into what the plan is right now or all this other stuff, but let's pretend that somehow we are now looking at baseball games happening. I want to break down some players, what they did last year, and what we could see this year, and I want to start with some outfielders, some guys who really haven't been talked about, but when you look at this roster, they pretty much are penciled in as 
the left field platoon, and that is, of course, Jesse Winker and Philip Irvin. And, and with the moves that the Reds made, they short up right field with Castellanos. You can pencil him in every single day. I mean, maybe give him an off day like, you know, I don't know, once a week, once every 10 days, something like that. And then in center field, you've got some form of Shogo and Nixon Zell. But when it comes to left field, no one's really seen anyone taking it away from Jesse Winker and Philip Irvin. And there's a reason for that. They both, platoon-wise, make up a great left field platoon. And I keep saying that word so much, but there's a reason for it. People hate that word. People want an everyday eight. People want a stagnant lineup that, when healthy, you can count on these eight guys to play. Is it wrong to have platoons now, Steve? No, I think that's the direction the game's going. And, you know, you mentioned two possible spots for platoons in left and center. And I know of a couple more that come to my mind as we work through the team uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, platoons is the way it's going to go because more and more managers are using analytics and, and they're playing the matchups. And the the more that that trend continues and grows, the more you're going to see uh, uh, the platoon situation used instead of a guy that just starts 154 uh, 155 games. They're going to be a lot of switches, a lot of uh, position shuffling, a lot of platoons. That's just the way baseball's going. And I think that it's something that people seem to discount. I mean, the Dodgers were pretty good last year. I don't know if some fans know that or not, but they were a pretty solid team. And they used a lot of platoons. They played the matchups. And David Bell has a roster that's really set up to do that. Let Let's look at this, and, and some people may already know this. It was something that was a popular topic last season, talking about the platoon splits of Winker and Irvin and how they would mash, you know, mesh together to make a basically super player. I mean, think Voltron, except he's playing left field. <laughs> Jesse Winker against right-handed pitchers has hit 285 with a 368 on-base average and a 519 slugging. This was last year, and this was in 295 at-bats against right-handed pitching. And then on the flip side, Phil Irvin against left-handed pitching in 86 at-bats, albeit a smaller sample size, but still, these numbers are very nice. A 349 average with 411 on base and 628 slugging. Steve, when you put that together, Voltron hits 317 with a 390 on base and a 574 slugging. He would be the best hitter in the lineup. Oh, there's there's no question. I mean, you and you can keep digging at the numbers and how they perform. Uh, one interesting thing is, uh, you know, Baseball Reference breaks down the splits and and does some things with uh, some of the other statistics. And one interesting one is uh, the OPS plus based just on the splits. <laughs> and if you take Jesse Winker. Just versus right-handed pitching, uh, he would have an OPS plus of 135. And then you take Phil Irving against left-handed batters, and Phil Irving would be uh, OPS plus at 168. Let me let me let me say that again. 168, 168 OPS plus. That player, I, I'm I'm good with that platoon for the entire season. Those guys, you run them out there just in a straight platoon, uh, that's production. This is where the error of we've got to have an everyday eight. We've got to have a stagnant 
starting left fielder. And sure, it's nice if you're a team that can do that. There's like five, maybe six. I don't know. I'm not going to really break all that down right now, but there's not that many left fielders that you just look at and you're like, boom, every day, that guy. The Reds don't have Adam Dunn walking through that door. But when you put (laughs) Jesse Winker and Philip Irvin together, I, I... and then that's not to say that they will always play to these numbers, but that is based on the sample sizes and a little bit of chopping up and all that different stuff of these samples from last year. Uh, that makes the offense a lot better. Well, it does. And, you know, will they put up these exact numbers? We don't know, but it's a pretty good indication. The sample size is big enough now that you can look at these two players and pretty much predict that this is the neighborhood of what you're going to get out of them in a platoon situation. And, you know, talking about using a platoon versus just running a guy out there for, you know, 155 games or so, uh, when, when baseball was a game of, you know, here's my best eight guys, I'm going to put them on the field and let's see if we can beat you. Uh, you have to remember that at that time, the same type of game was being played with the pitchers. They would put a starting pitcher out there, and that guy would, you know, he was going to throw eight or nine innings. He wasn't going to get lifted in the sixth. They right. weren't going to to switch pitchers based on the handedness of the batter, uh, and on and on and on. So, you know, both sides of the ball are playing a different type of game now, and I just I see this platooning of players as really the way to go for our teams to to try and get a little bit of a competitive edge. And I think, and, and there's nothing wrong with this philosophy, but I think back then there was a little bit less game prep. I mean, maybe they knew the, the general uh, leanings of the opposing lineup's big hitter guys, but when it came right down to it, most pitchers, and even sometimes nowadays as well, but, you know, you go back 20, 30, 40 years, most pitchers, the way that they pitched was they got up on the mound and they're like, I'm better than you and I'm getting you out. If they ran into a situation where maybe they were behind in the count, maybe the bases were loaded, something like that, and their ego kind of failed them a little bit, that's when they really got into trouble. Now guys really prepare. They watch film, they look at numbers, they look at advanced stuff that we don't even know about right now because why would a team tell exactly what they do to prepare for an opposing lineup? But they do all of this stuff to get ready, and they're able to fall back on that. If they hit a tough situation, they're like, all right, this is what I've got to do. This is where I've got to pitch this one guy. Let's go out there and do it. And it's a different philosophy nowadays when it comes to all of that. Well, you're not wrong. It it really is uh, just part of the evolution of the game and an evolution that makes sense to me versus, you know, the evolutions trying to be forced upon us by Manfred Hates Baseball. Mm-hmm. In, in the things that he wants to do, he's fundamentally altering the game for many reasons that just don't make sense to, to anybody that really enjoys watching baseball. But these analytics-based changes, these matchups, based changes, you know, at least make sense. You can look at it on paper and understand why a manager wants to keep left-handed pitchers throwing at left-handed batters, uh, as an example. It, it just, uh, you know, there's there's results-based evidence to say why that works versus, you know, shots in the dark of trying to alter the game uh, for whatever reason. Well, Steve, sir, I very much appreciate your time today. We looked at the left field platoon. You kind of mentioned, and 
I sort of also mentioned it a little bit as well, but there is a center field platoon and one that will require a little bit more digging because we're looking at one guy with a very short track record in the major leagues and one guy with absolutely no track record in the major leagues. And we're going to break that all down next week when I have you on. We'll talk about Shogo and Nick Senzel. All right. I'm looking forward to it. That'll do it for today's episode of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and Steve and listening to some Reds talk. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss an episode any day of the week. Still trying to come to you as many daily Monday through Fridays as I can. Might miss some here or there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter to find out when the schedule might change a little bit. But for now, just expect a new episode each and every day, Monday through Friday. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show at Locked On Reds, and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone. We'll have a Locked On Reds line episode this week. I promise you that. 513-549-0159. But that's it for today's iteration of the Locked On Reds podcast. Now, ask your smart device to play the Locked On Major League Baseball podcast. Sully brings you the league in, you know, 15 to 20, maybe 30 minutes each and every day on Locked On MLB. Say, hey, smart device, play Locked On MLB. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.